0: and welcome back to the show. It's another fabulous week, and I do hope that the sun is shining wherever you are. And if it's not, I hope you enjoy the rainy day and get some productive house cleaning going. Today's show is one you're going to listen to just like the rest, but today we have someone on the show who can help us learn and navigate trademarking and everything we need to know about protecting ourselves in business and so much more. But before we get to listen to her and talk about all the things that we need to know to be armed and dangerous... In a good way out there in our entrepreneurship journeys, for those of us who are entrepreneurs, I want to ask you one question, and that is, have you shared the show lately? Have you heard at least one episode that you thought, I really like that? Or you know what? I know someone who needs that. And if you, the answer is yes, then I'm going to go ahead and ask you to share it with a friend, a family member, or on your favorite social media platform. If you decide to share it on social media platform, just tag us so I can give you a proper thank you. So today, we have a woman who is an on-air legal expert and the founder of the Mobile General Counsel, which all of us need, right? Some of us are movers and shakers, which most of us are who are listening, right? So a lot of times, we're not always looking for traditional methods, which is why I love and I'm so excited to talk to today's guest. And let's help me welcome to the show, Ms. Ashley Nicole Kirkwood. Hey, Ashley. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm great. First of all, you know, I got to shout you out because you have the exact same name as my sister. So it was real easy for me to remember your name. So Ashley is a name I love. How are you?
1: Good. I'm doing great.
0: Well, You know, um, I've seen your page on Instagram, and and we had a couple of DM conversations. It's been a a few months now. It's been a while. And I knew I wanted to have you on the show because trademarking is so serious, and that's something that I did when I first started the company, and I know it's protected me, and I've actually had to send cease and desist letters and things of that nature. And I know that it is troublesome. It is a little stressful if you're not prepared. So I'm excited to have you on.
1: Definitely excited to be here.
0: Well, before we jump into all that we need to know, I I want everybody to know a little bit more about you. And so I have to know more about your journey. And I know that you walked away from a law career making over $300,000 a year to start your own business. What prompted that? What was that call that that God put on your soul uh, to get you to move and shake into a whole other direction?
1: You know, I feel as though I was kind of pushed into entrepreneurship in a way. I think at some point, you know, being the, I I went to the Northwestern for law school and I started my career at a really large firm called Kirkland and Ellis. And I really liked it there. It was a great firm, great perks, top of the market type place to work. Like my assistant had an assistant. It was like, so it was just boss. Like I really enjoyed the experience there. But of course I was the only black woman in the general litigation group at the time, which I'm no stranger to being the only one, but I'd left uh, that firm and went to a smaller firm where I negotiated close to a six-figure raise. And it was there, I made the decision purely financially. I didn't really love the people at the new place, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this work. This money is going to make it make sense. And the money did not make it make sense. It was not a good work environment. And I think it was there that I learned the importance of culture, but it was also there that I learned how much I'm willing to give up to not be disrespected and I basically was tired of being disrespected at my new job and I was like you know what the resources aren't as good I don't have the support help that I need administratively and I'm being disrespected personally I could do bad all by myself (laughs) and so I left that job um, and that year I would have brought in over $300,000 bonuses included and I started my own law firm. But because of the nature of law, you cannot start a law firm while you're at a law firm because there's ethical rules against that. So when I, the day that I left, I had zero law firm clients and zero prospects, to be quite frank. And the way that I made money day one of leaving was I had just published a book called The Law School Hustle, which was about how I'd gone from a 2.1 GPA in undergrad to almost a 4.0 from Northwestern Law School, and it was like an academic guide to law students, whether you had good grades in undergrad or not, and I went on a speaking tour and was starting to get paid to speak and bulk sell my books, and it was working, and I was just hustling, like traveling all over the country to speak to schools and colleges, while at the same time building up my clientele for the law firm, and I built that clientele through Instagram and Facebook, so it was a real hustle. It wasn't really well planned out. Um, I will say, though, while I was at my firm, I had a, a YouTube show called Passion, Purpose, and Paychecks, where I interviewed people who left jobs they were unhappy with to do something they were genuinely happy doing. And I asked them questions about, you know, how they did it, how they left, how they made money, how much money they had saved up, how long it took them to turn a profit in their business. So at least I was starting to explore entrepreneurship. But there were points while I was at corporate that I was like, you know what, this is really too much money to just leave. Because at the firm, if you make equity partner, which I was on the equity partnership track, you made $1.2 million a year as your salary. So it wasn't just leaving that 300k, it was leaving the prospect of a really lucrative career. And I know not everyone has that type of path. But for me, it, it was kind of tough, but I learned also that like, I just want to do my own thing. I like being my own boss. I didn't want to work for anyone else. And if they were paying me 300K, then I'm worth a whole lot more.
0: Well, hello. First of all, uh, how many of y'all are having heart palpitations at her talking about <laughs> walking away from the opportunity to potentially make 1.2 and, and seeing that light at the end of the tunnel? So, you know, there's so much uh, to digest in what you just said. A few things resonate with me. One... I know that I have been a victim of taking roles at times that just because the salary was the right number, right? And you're going to make it fit. You're going to make it fit. And I literally had an aha moment in meditation today where I just kind of, you know, just, I love to talk and and just rationalize things in my head. And one of the things I thought about, I was like, you know what, jobs are just for creative, for people who have not activated their faith. To a certain extent, if that, if that makes sense to a lot of people, meaning a lot of times it's really easy because you know that biweekly is there, you know, that it's going to come, but those funds already exist. The money is already made out there. It's just a matter of, are you willing to put in the work to create your own biweekly or your own monthly or your own weekly, which most people aren't. But when you break it down like that, it's a little less intimidating because it's not as if you truly have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to create a whole new genre of things to do. You already had a law degree. You already had an inkling that entrepreneurship could be something that worked for you. You already had experience and success on both rounds, right? Right. So one of the things you kind of talked about, which I love, is how you overcame your GPA in undergrad. So I know there's a lot of people listening out there who feel like they cannot move forward because that GPA is just not what it's supposed to be for. How did you get into Northwestern with a 2.1? That,
1: yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I knew for a fact I was going to be a lawyer and the GPA wasn't really a mental inhibitor to that. Because I was like, well, whatever. If I don't have a good GPA, then I'll just have to figure out how to get into law school because I'm going to be a lawyer. And I think the first thing people have to do is stop letting these uh, numerical indicators define your future success. Those are just numbers. That's not that big of a deal to get over. And you're normally not the first person to do something. Like, I know for a fact they let in other people who didn't have the best background. I just had to figure out how they were able to do that. And for me... Um, that was done through transferring law schools. So I didn't just go right to Northwestern. I started off at a lower ranked law school and that school, at that school, I was able to get straight A's there. And then after graduating or doing well at that law school, I was able to transfer to Northwestern.
0: Wow, okay, so where there's a will, there's a way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is that first book still available? Can can somebody oh, yeah. listen, still go get
1: it? It's still available. You can go to com And then under, I think there's a, a book section where you can actually pick up that book.
0: Wow. So you're no stranger to pivot. So I want to know what your parents said when you walked away from this career or the people, if it's not your parents, those people in your life who I'm sure there were folks in your life who were like, girl, are you crazy? What was that like?
1: Yeah. So I think my mom was the most probably scared but my parents are big on faith my dad's a pastor and so he is also an entrepreneur he has owned several businesses in his lifetime and several seven-figure businesses in his lifetime and um, my dad was just like okay great welcome to the family you'll figure it out my mom was like okay (laughs) if this is what you're going to do but I did ask my husband prior to doing it I was like okay well babe this is what we're going to do this is what I'm thinking What do you think about that? And he was like, well, if anyone can figure it out, it's you. Like, you'll be able to figure it out if you really commit to it. And this is really what you want to do. You'll be able to figure it out. And we came up with a plan that was six months to um, sustainability and then a year to profitability. So the goal was to have a sustainable income and a sustainable business within six months, but have a business that was profitable within a year. And that's what we've been able to stick to. It's been my first full year in business this year. And we brought over more than six figures. I haven't quite replaced the salary that I was getting at my law firm, but we're on track to do so by next year.
0: It's all about a vision. It all starts with a plan. And shout out to those supportive partners, man, seriously. There's nothing like, I don't even know how much credit I could even give my husband even for just being the uh, amazing cheerleader. But shout out, I know it would not be possible without having someone, especially when you're in a relationship. When you're not, I get it and I, it is possible. But for those folks who, and I've heard lots of folks tell me, I don't think my partner will support this. How do I overcome that? You know, and I know that can be a huge roadblock when it comes to wanting wanting to pursue something different or pivot in your career. So, man, yeah.
1: Definitely, and I think too, you have to let them in at the level that they're comfortable being involved because my husband is not, he's not a, we have, we're different in terms of like how we operate. Like I'm a big dreamer, I'm big picture. I will come up with something and then just put it out on the internet the next day and then start selling tickets within 15 minutes of having the idea. He is not that way. He doesn't move that fast. That's not how he operates. He needs to see it working first. So he, for speaking particularly, because I do a lot of paid speaking engagements, he comes with me on those engagements and it was helpful for him to see the impact that I was making on the road. And he would take pictures. He would, you know, talk to people, set up additional business for me. He would do all of that. But I think him being involved was, it made it, it, I think it made it real for him and it made it easier for him to support.
0: Right, you gave him an opportunity to be a to have a buy-in, right? Definitely. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So, I'd love to know what you said to those people cuz I'm sure besides your mom, maybe even some friends, some naysayers, even probably some coworkers may have had something said something that could potentially have derailed you. How did you navigate those waters when someone kind of made you question yourself or did anyone make you question yourself?
1: No, no one made me question myself, honestly. But I think that goes—I think a lot of it goes to branding. So when you announce something like this, you can you can do it in a way that makes people really excited, like anxious to support, or you could do it in a way that makes them question what you're doing. And that clarity and confidence comes from you. So I'm big on—I I I think you transfer your confidence onto other people. But people also know how to treat you. I've never really been the type of person that people. Would come to and put like plant seeds of doubt because I control the conversations that come into my life and I control what comes out of my mouth. So I, I didn't really have those types of people around. What actually happened was a lot of people who were in my career, former career, or still are in that former career. We're talking about how brave it was and how bold it was that I made that move. I'm sure there were people who doubted and said things. They just didn't say it to my face. Um, And if they, I don't even know how they would have been able to do that. Because one of the things that I think is beautiful about entrepreneurship, you have a lot of ability to control who you interact with. Whereas in corporate, you really don't. Like, you're going to have ignorant bosses. You're going to have ignorant coworkers. You're going to have people on your nerves. Now, I work where I want. If I don't want to leave the house, I don't leave the house. I I can block people. Like, I don't have to, you don't have to consume things that are negative. So I really didn't have that. But, you know, you, like, I just had a lot of, confidence about the decision and it's very weird because I didn't have a lot of money that backed up the confidence it was just like (laughs) it was was just confidence that this felt it just felt like the right move and it Mm. felt like people were going to support and I was so excited about it that other people were also very excited. And I also wrote a LinkedIn post that was how it was, a, it, it was titled how this lawyer left her six figure career to launch her own law firm. And in writing that article, I broke down why I left and how I plan to help um, startup companies do law differently. And that made people very excited. And it also gave them some clarity as to what I was doing. I even got pressed about leaving cause I left such like so much money on the table. So I think the way you announce can help to diminish a lot of that because the first couple of weeks of me leaving, I was in like a couple of newspapers. I had written this LinkedIn article that had been read by over 3,000 people in a couple of days. So there's ways to do it so that you control the narrative and that you're branding from the front end. And I also started collecting emails on that LinkedIn post ASAP to start building an email list. So although I didn't think a lot about how I didn't plan for six months before I left my job. I did think about how I was going to present myself in a way that didn't hurt the brand that I'd already built. Cause you can't go from like a great law firm doing well, making a ton of money to being like, well, I'm about to open this pod firm like that doesn't work. <laughs>
0: no, no, it
1: doesn't. <laughs> so it had to be done right. The announcement had to be done right. I had professional photos. It looked like it was about to be a big deal. So people were more willing to buy into that. And over time, When you're a business owner, I know that everyone has insecurities that you deal with on your own, but you do have to be careful about how you present that to the world because people pay me as a lawyer to solve problems, which means I don't look like a problem publicly, privately or anywhere else. I work very hard to be a problem solver and not present as a problem.
0: No, it seems like you, one of the biggest things I I would say just from listening to you that credits your success is that you were laser focused on what your qualities were, what your gifts were, what you could speak about. And I think a lot of times when people are first navigating, there's a lot of confusion, right? There's a lot of, should I go left? Should I go right? I can speak about this, this and that. And you definitely are speaking about multiple topics, but they're all within the realm of your umbrella of practicing law, right? And being an attorney. So how did you realize, and maybe this came from working with other folks, but how did you realize that there was a true need to kind of really educate people about trademarks and, and different aspects of
1: being, you know, protecting themselves? I, I kind of, re, well, one, the first thing I want to say is I got more clarity as I went along and as I started trying things that didn't produce a ton of revenue. So I don't, I don't want it to sound like everything was uh, like well coordinated from the beginning, I launched a few different online programs. And towards like the third or fourth month, I sat down with my husband, and we cut things that weren't produced, like we cut the lowest income generating um, classes, courses and offerings that we had. And what I recognized was having a firm that was targeted on that was that made you more of a subject matter expert was an easier sell because individuals weren't super savvy on all the different legal things that were needed by a business but they were they were comfortable with branding everyone understood branding so I thought about trademarking and the way that I got to trademark law and I also do um some speaking on sexual harassment and diversity training for companies was because it is a location independent area of law so I I started my business to have more free Freedom, more more fun, quite frankly, <laughs> and to live life on my term. so I thought a lot about how I wanted my life to look, and then I chose areas of law that will fit it, within that. I didn't want to be in trial, which is what I did at Kirkland. I was a trial lawyer, so I was always traveling, I was working 18, 20 hour days when I was on trial, and as much as the money was great, my hours were I was just I was working every day, all day, all the time. And so that wasn't really good. That was not healthy for me. But with trademark law, I can service entrepreneurs all over the country. I'm not, low, I'm not limited to only my state, which was really important. And everyone was building a brand. And what people weren't doing was protecting the brand they were building. And I don't even think that some people know about it, but other people just didn't really know about it. And Black women were the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs and were very creative. And so I was like, well, I want to service one, I wanted to service a need in the market. I wanted, so my firm does flat fee legal work, but then two, I wanted to do something where I could serve people all over the country and it didn't require me to be in any one specific location. And then lastly, I thought that it was something that was beneficial to every single business that existed. And it was niched enough where I could be very experienced in the area and also help people in a really specific targeted way.
0: I love that you envisioned the life you wanted, And that was what what really propelled you into finding the career you wanted. Right. You wanted that free time. You wanted a good quality of life. And I don't think a lot of us don't. We have that option in the beginning of our careers, I believe, right out of undergraduate before we really get huge bills. But I don't know if we make that front and center. And I love that you're sharing that. and, And that's important to you. And how has it now, I mean, entrepreneurship is not a, a clock in, clock out kind of role. So how is that
1: balance happening now? You know, it's been really good. I think, you know, so I so I'm the type of person, I will admit this, like I'm the type of person that will look back on negative periods of my life and I will... I will imagine them in a way that serves me. So I don't really focus on a lot of the negatives, but I asked my husband recently, cause I do a lot of interviews. How was I when I first started the business? Was I stressed out? And he said, I was, I don't really remember, but he says I was, <laughs> I was very stressed out. And I think it was the first six months I was working really, really hard. And, I don't even think the business needed me to work that hard. I think that I was so used to working hard in corporate that I kept working that hard in my business. More brunch and slay after this.
0: Hey, you fabulous powerhouses. Having you support the podcast by subscribing, reviewing and sharing is awesome. And it's made each episode reach more and more people every week. But did you know that as a listener-supported show, we rely on you to keep these wheels turning? And for as little as $1 a month, you help me keep giving you great content and even better guests. And yes, ma'am, you heard that right. For only $12 a year, you support the dream. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash brunch and slate. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash brunch and slate. Back to brunch and slay. No, congratulations. But I, I get that. I think I think that overachievers, that's something that happens. You feel like you gotta work hard, 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 hard. And it's like that to do list is never gonna stop. You're gonna always have things to do on that to do list, right? So definitely. Yeah. So it's just a matter of giving yourself permission to say, I'm going to draw a line here. It's going to be a hard stop and I'm going to have these systems put in place, which is the hard part, right? Laying that foundation and finding out what those systems are. That is, I think, the most difficult challenge when you first start your business is really if you don't have something that's already like plug and play, you know? Um, Yes, it is hard. Yeah, it is. So let's talk. Okay, so trademark. That's how I met you. you. we were talking in the DMs and you asked me, was I trademark?" And yes, the answer was yes. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so let's talk about how you, or, or let first let's talk
1: about how you help people uh, get their trademarks and what that process looks like. Definitely. So one, a trademark is essentially anything that separates your brand from another brand. So your company name, your slogan name, your brand colors even can be trademarked, your product names, your course names. Can be trademarked and i say that because a lot of people think oh trademark well i just need to trademark my business name no if you own a makeup line you may want to trademark the, the name of all of your individual um, lipsticks or all of your individual products so trademarks are are really brand identifiers and getting them registered allows you to prevent other people from using them and we help companies do that in two ways one we have a class called get the tea on trademarks it's one of our most popular online classes because it teaches you how to file your own registered trademark application. So get the T on trademarks. If you Google get the T on trademarks, it should come up, but it's on um, it's on Gumroad. So you can go to gum.co slash T on TM to get more information about that. But through that class, you watch me file a trademark application live, and I walk you through how you can file it on your own. And we created that option um, because a lot of people are like, well, they have sticker shop. It costs $2,000 to work with our firm to do the application for you. Now, some people hear $2,000 and they're like, oh, that's not bad. Other people hear $2,000 and they're like, I'm a business owner, I can't afford that. So the class is a great alternative. It's a good place to start if you really cannot afford to have a lawyer help you do it, but you don't wanna mess up the application and lose your money on the first try. Um, The second way that we help is by doing it for you. So our firm files your trademark application and it is a long process. So we're talking, you've been through the process. I don't know how long your trademark took, Normally it takes nine plus months to get all the way through the trademark process. Some people have Some people go faster. For other people it's slower and there is no way to tell. Like I've had people wait five months just to get an examining attorney assigned to their application. So no work being done. We're just waiting on the government to pick it up and look at it. So because there's hundreds of attorneys at the government and none of them are pressed to move extraordinarily fast, You don't know how long that application will take, but when we handle it, we handle it every step of the way. We manage all of the deadlines. We send you monthly updates. You know what's going on. And you have a lawyer who you can ask questions to if you see someone else infringing on your trademark. Lastly, for folks who have a trademark, what typically happens is they don't enforce it. So I know you've mentioned you've had to send some cease and desist. That's awesome. I don't know if you're doing trademark monitoring or if you just happen to see it, or sometimes because you have an audience, your audience will tell you. Like you're right,
0: out. yeah. I literally have Google <laughs> Alerts, I have Google Alerts, so if my right. name or my brand is being used, it's going to always send me an alert, and that's how I've been able to stay on top of it. But Google is Google, and I don't think they, I don't think their alerts are <laughs> that high on their priority list,
1: <laughs> right? So, so, right, but so, I do, so, I always recommend Google Alerts, so even for everyone listening who doesn't have their trademark yet, put a Google Alert out there on your brand name. So, Google Alert is like the free way to monitor the internet for your name. The only problem is you probably get so many of them and some of them aren't directly relevant. So we do um, trademark monitoring because when, whenever someone goes through the trademark process, they publish their name in something called the Official Gazette, which none of you have on your reading list for this week, I already know. But basically, <laughs> it's like the trademarks. Um, it's the United States government's trademarks magazine essentially where they publish all these different trademarks that are trying to get approved. So through trademark monitoring, we can see whether anyone is trying to publish a name that sounds like our client's name, so we don't miss that 30-day window of opportunity to oppose their application. So for people who get a trademark, they have their trademarks already, we offer trademark monitoring through our Bulletproof Business Collective. We also, through their offer, like expert trainings, and then you get a monthly legal contract download. So that program... Um, for the year, you'd spend less than you spend to have me draft one contract, you'll end up getting 12 contracts and 12 months of trademark monitoring. So it's a really cool, affordable way for businesses who are like, I need to make sure no one's using this or trying to slide in and trademark a name behind my back that sounds like my name. Because if you have it, you don't want other people to use it. That is the entire point. So Google Alert, do that, do that, everyone do that. Even if you don't have your trademark yet, do the Google Alert because that is a free thing that you can do and it's better than nothing. If you can afford it, have um, a firm do trademark monitoring to alert you when that application goes out because we also have like downloadable cease and desist so you can automatically send those. Um, But we try to make it really affordable and reasonable for business owners to protect their brands long-term and get the information they need to grow their businesses.
0: Hello, what I hear coming out of your mouth right now is ammunition, right? I hear a lot of resources and I'm giddy because you know what, these things didn't exist. And if they did, they weren't on my radar. When I started my company, I had to go out and data mine. And so to know that this is something that somebody can easily get a course and download and plug and play. Hello, you're winning. And it is important. You work way too hard on whatever brand you are creating for anybody to decide they want to copycat and piggyback on the following that you've created you know it is not easy and you owe it to yourself right and i hear you saying like and another thing you said about um people thinking that they can't afford like we have to do some shifting as a culture of what we can i agree we can't afford not to protect ourselves right and if that means you got to save and in the meantime you take the course until you can have that two thousand dollars meaning maybe you cut out starbucks for a year or whatever sacrifice and i don't call it a sacrifice right because this is building your future because that's the reason why you're starting this business i would think you know um having having you on the show right now is like getting me amped up because i feel like (laughs) 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 you know a lot of times as a culture and as a people you might know one attorney right in your, right. in your circle, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's a friend of the family or someone you used to work with, whatever the case may be. The resources aren't necessarily readily available and easily accessible. Google is out there, yes, but to have someone who you feel like you can trust talking about it, um, that's important to me. And to be able to have a place that you can go to and find those resources is even more important to me. So, man, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm clapping, but cause I don't want, you know, in my mind cause I don't want to break everybody's ears as they're listening while they're working out, but kudos to you for being proactive and helping us arm ourselves and protect what we've created. So yes, well done. Well done.
1: Definitely. Thank you so much. And thanks for understanding the value of it because not everyone does, but a lot of people do, and that's what's wonderful about it, is people who, even people who are like, well, I don't really know um, much about this, but it sounds like something I should look into. I run across a lot of business owners who really do want to do it right, and I'll um give your audience a link to a free trademark training so they can get a little bit more information, but most people who build businesses, we do it because we want to own something. We don't want someone swiping our stuff from underneath us, and if you don't have your trademark, what a lot of people don't realize is you can own your business and not own your business assets. Like you may like you can own Brunch and Slay, but if you didn't go to GoDaddy or wherever and buy brunch and slay com, you own Brunch and Slay LLC, but you didn't own the domain, which is a business asset. So your trademark, the name that you come up with is the same way. You can own a business, but if you don't go and file it with the federal government, you don't have the rights to enforce that name nationwide. And that's what you want. You wanna not just own it in name, you wanna really own it, get it registered and make yourself the true owner of the business and all the assets that come with it.
0: Hello, y'all. Ding, 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 ding. So now I know you've mentioned a little bit and you kind of dabbled in the fact that you speak and you do that a lot, but you also teach other people how to speak and why, I just want to know where that came from and why that was important to you because clearly you don't have to take anybody else under your wing. You could be
1: totally focused on you right now. Yes, definitely. So that, I just, I really love speaking. Even when I looked at what I cuz when I left my job and this is what a lot of people I think should do a lot more when we get into being adults and we start working we can forget about our dreams. And what I loved about being at the law firm was trials, trying cases, speaking. And I never wanted that to I never wanted to get away from that when I started my own business. So I started speaking and a lot of people came to me and were like, "Hey, How do I start speaking? How do I start speaking? And one of the things that a mentor of mine told me was like, if people are asking you for something, that is the market telling you what it wants. So you should pay attention to that. So I started um, Speak Your Way to Cash, which is a podcast and event series and coaching program for speakers who are looking to get paid to speak. And I also started it because I did not see a lot of women and minorities speaking on platforms that really do pay. And that and there was a huge divergence between like me going to speak at someone's like church fundraiser and me going to speak at a college campus, a state funded college campus that's giving me five grand for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't know that existed. They were like, well, how does that work? I'm like, they have budgets for these things. Colleges have budgets, corporations have budgets. It requires us to get in rooms where we may not always feel welcome even but you need to go there you need to go where the budget is and not just go where you want to go
0: so let's marinate on that for a second
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely
0: <laughs> yeah i mean man talk about ammunition and I, I think that's so true and it's no shade to doing uh, free things because i think no, that's important too right to who much is given much too. is required uh but you definitely we can't always do things for free and it has to be oh you have to be okay with saying no You have to be okay saying yes. And when you first start, you want as much opportunity as you can get. So you're going to do some free because you want to craft and you want to hone in on your skills, right? You want to make sure that you're presenting your best foot forward, but you need to sprinkle in some cash in there too. So I, I love that you're doing that, man. So- I know that we've been chatting and, and I could definitely, this, this could go on forever and ever because I definitely can tell you're my kind of girl, um, Yes, right? But what I got to know is what can we do for you? You know, what vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you along your, your journey?
1: Definitely. Well, you know, I was listening to your podcast episode about motherhood and I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole new thing because I was very similar. I didn't really, the first, I think six years of my marriage, I didn't really plan to, we weren't planning to have kids at all um and then we decided this year that we were going to have have a baby and i got pregnant and um so now i'm kind of trying to figure out how that life looks <laughs> so send all the good vibes to me in terms of walking into being a mompreneur and also just you know sharing my life with someone else and sharing my husband with someone else like sharing love <laughs> sharing the love that we have we've been on our own for so long so it's, it's a whole new exciting experience but i am accepting all positive vibes for this thing called childbirth that's coming up in may (laughs) and also mommyhood thereafter
0: well congratulations on, on a new addition to your family thank you. You know, I'm sending the great vibes your way. I know you can handle it. If you're as organized as I think you are, you'll have no doubt, right? That baby will be on a schedule and it will make your life. That's the only, that's the only advice. I'm going to give you some unsolicited advice and that's yes. put your baby on the schedule. And the second thing is don't let that baby sleep in your bed. Those are the two things I recommend for anybody who wants a strong marriage.
1: <laughs> Good.
0: <laughs> and I know, yeah. I know when you first get that little love muffin, you're going to be like, I just want to love it and squeeze it and kiss it and hug it. And I want it right next to me, but about two months in, maybe even two weeks in, you're going to be like, go, you know, give me some space. Give me a little, give me a little (laughs) taste. So you put that, that little uh, pack and play in your room or bassinet in your room and you, you can still have the baby close. Just don't put the baby in your bed. It will start something that you cannot finish. Trust me. Yes. Yes. I can (laughs) see that. All right. Now this Saturday you can brunch with anybody in the world, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with?
1: Ooh. I would probably brunch with Jesus. I have a lot of questions. All I right, need- <laughs> I'm sure he has was, the answers. It was, it was, <laughs> he, right, he has all the answers. That's like the ideal human or or deity to brunch with, in my right. opinion. You're right. Um. Yeah, so I would go with Jesus as my number one because I think wisdom is like the number one thing that helps to navigate the world. That's why I love my husband. I think he's one of the wisest men that I know. But that would be awesome. And outside well, of that, it'd probably be Oprah. Well, I'm going to read that book
0: uh, that you write after you eat, eat with Jesus because I don't know that I want to sit in Jesus' presence just yet. Like, I'm going to wait on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait on that because I don't want to take the chance, and so that means I'm gone and I ain't ready to go. So you just write that book, girl, and I will gladly support it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> right? So uh, th- um, now what area of your life do you feel like you're slaying right now?
1: I think I'm slaying the peace area of my life, like just not letting things stress me out. I had a situation recently where I was, I was working with this woman. She was actually a doula and you know, she was late. It wasn't working out and I had to let her go, but I was very, I was very calm about the whole thing. I I like didn't get all my money back. She was, it was just a hot mess of a situation and I had every right to go off. And I didn't. And I was like, Oh, yes, Lord, it is working. Okay. I feel feel at peace. I'm calm. Like I'm not going off. I'm doing the right thing. (laughs) So I really do think that the peace area of my life is where
0: I'm probably slaying right now. That's awesome. Now, where can our listeners follow you? How can they support you?
1: Definitely. They can follow me on Instagram at the Ashley Nicole show and the link in my bio links to everything that we've talked about today. And then online, I'm Ashley Nicole Kirkwood.com. And my law firm is mobile general counsel. So you can find me at the Ashley Nicole show on Instagram or Ashley Nicole Kirkwood.com and law specific stuff, mobile general counsel.com.
0: Wait a minute. I thought you might want to know about what's happening next week. Just
1: like, no one is available. Can you come right now? I said, hell yeah. So I just went. Like, I had a a bag packed, like, for such a time as this. Look at that. Stay ready. Stay ready. ready. Stay ready. It's a thing. So I was ready. I didn't look ready, though. I looked a mess. And so when I got to work, she was like, girl, where are you going with these open toe shoes? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you said, come now. Like, I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to be late. So she was like, come on. So she had a pair of like workout shoes in her car. She wore a <laughs> size size ten. I wear a size eight. It was a mess, but who cares? I put the <laughs> shoes on and I was at work. I kept taking breaks to go to the bathroom to cry it out because like, there were certain points in the day when I was just overwhelmed with gratitude. Like, God, I can't believe I'm here, like, wow. at Tyler Perry's studio. Like, this is such a big deal. Yeah, and guys,
0: look at the show notes or, or send us an email. You can always DM. I think she responds just like I do. I'm gonna say yes. yes. <laughs> right? So, uh, she, we talked about sharing a link. For trademark training with the audience. So it'll be in the yes. show notes, and Ash- Ashley will make sure that I get all that information. So, man, Ashley, thank you for the wealth of knowledge. Thank you for pouring into women and, and small business owners and people of color and people out there in the world trying to get ahead and do it in the right way. So I commend you. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to have you back on the show.
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. This was great. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Oh, you're certainly welcome. And if you enjoy this show as much as I enjoy getting my life and understanding that we are not alone out here in the pursuit of excellence, then go ahead and share it on whatever platform, social media that you love the most because we're on there. And make sure you tell a friend and tell that person in your life who's not trademarked yet so they can go ahead and get their life together. So until next time, I want you to remember, if you remember nothing else, that if she can, I can, we all can.